With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As parents, we all want to protect our children and keep them safe and healthy. But can it become problematic when parents continuously remove obstacles to ensure that their kids never experience disappointment, discomfort, heartbreak, or pain? Today, we're talking about helicopter parenting. This is Parent Savers. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Would you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome to Parent Savers. Parent Savers is your online, on-the-go support group for parents with infants and toddlers. I'm your host, Alicia Gonzalez. Thanks so much to our loyal listeners who join us every time a new episode is released, and for those of you who continue these conversations with us on Facebook and Twitter. Make sure to check out our Parent Savers app so you can listen to all of the episodes wherever you go. Here's Sunny with the details on how you can get involved with Parent Savers. All right. Hi, everyone. So we do want to continue the conversation with you guys. So after the episode is over and you've heard, you know, what our experts have to say and what our parents have to say on the show, it doesn't just stop there. We really do hope that you continue the conversation with us. And so real quickly, I just want to promote some of our popular social media sites. So most people are on Facebook, right? So if you haven't yet, please like the Parent Savers Facebook page. Um, we post all of our new episodes there. We also share different articles that we think would be of interest to parents of toddlers. And so that's a great resource for you. We are on Twitter as well. And most of the new episodes are posted there. And we do try to chat a little bit with some of the, um, the people that listen to the show. So that's a, another good place to to check us out. New Mommy Media has a YouTube channel, which is kind of interesting because we have done um, some various videos and stuff that you guys might find of interest. All of our Google Hangouts and stuff that we do with experts are posted to our YouTube page. So that's kind of fun as well. So yeah, just uh, check us out online pretty much anywhere. It's either it's like slash parent savers is our handle. Those are different handles and uh, we hope to connect with you soon. Okay, let's get started in our conversation. We're going to meet everyone joining us today. And I'll start by introducing myself. Again, my name is Alicia Gonzalez. I have four children ages 10, 8, 6 and 3. Uh, I work full time. And although I don't think I'd consider myself a helicopter parent. I do believe that those around me definitely would describe me as a helicopter parent. So hopefully this conversation today gives me some gives me some clarity on whether or not that's accurate. And now we're going to start with our expert today, Dr. Joni Cannell. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself, your family and your experience with today's topic. Hi, I'm from San Diego. And I have one daughter. She's 14 now. And I've tried my best not to helicopter. But, you know, we all have these tendencies at one time or another. My husband always says things jokingly, like, we all think we're not. But, uh, yeah, sometimes it happens. Thanks, Joni. And now let's meet Corrine, our, the parent joining our conversation today. Corrine? Hi, I'm Corrine. I'm calling in from Montreal, Canada. 
I have two children. My daughter is three and my son is seven. Do I feel that I'm a helicopter parent? I certainly have tendencies to be a helicopter parent, but I don't want to label myself as a total helicopter parent. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm totally different than um, most people on the call. So you guys are going to get like a really good, I think, conversation today because there's so many uh, different perspectives here. But I'm Sunny and uh, I'm, I'm producing today's show. And I have four kids and they range from uh, my oldest is uh, five, but about to turn six this summer. And then I have a, a three-year-old who's about to turn four. And I also have twin girls who are about two and a half. So a uh, busy house. But I, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I have four kids, although I, I don't know. Alicia, you, you think you may still fall into the helicopter parent category. I just, um, I think I could be more assertive. I think I'm almost the exact opposite of a helicopter parent. It's not because I don't care. It's because my mind is filled with so many other things that um, I, I, it's really hard. I, I mean, I would be like exhausted if I were a quote unquote helicopter parent for all four of my kids. I mean, I would just be running around <laughs> yeah. constantly. You know what I mean? I think I should actually be a little bit more assertive. The only time that I really find myself being truly more assertive is if I think my kids are messing with other kids or something like that. And then I start to hover a little bit because I don't want to be respectful or disrespectful of like another family or something or my kid to do something bad to another kid. Other than that, I'm kind of like, where are they? I don't even know. I mean, it's seriously, it's kind of bad. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply All right, so before we kick off our conversation today about helicopter parenting, we're going to talk about a news headline. So from time to time on the show, we do talk about headlines, and I found this interesting one, and I thought it kind of tied into helicopter parenting because, you know, what are some of the main reasons we become helicopter parents? We obviously, we don't want anything bad to happen to our kids. We don't want our kids to do anything bad to other people, and so I thought this headline kind of tied into that. So it's kind of a long headline. It says, another reason for stressed parents to fear the terrible twos. A screaming toddler could be on their way to a life of crime. When I saw this, I was like, oh gosh, just one more thing, right? One more thing on my plate. <laughs> I got to worry about my son becoming a serial killer. So anyways, it's, it's kind of this little debate that's going on and some studies have been done. And, um, but it, it kind of asks the question, when you have kids that are kind of screaming and having just a tantrum in their twos, and I don't know if you experience this into the threes, my three-year-old, I feel like is worse than he was in his twos. You kind of question, okay, are they going to be like this forever? Are they going to, is it going to have some sort of major bearing on them as an adult? 
adult. And so there, um, again, was this study done, and it says here, this guy by the name of Luke Hyde, he's an assistant professor of psychology at the University of Michigan. He says, these are signs of these crying spells and this bad behavior, quote unquote, if you will. He says it's things for parents and doctors to watch out for. He says they may be a signal um, that something on you know, something else is going on there more than just the terrible twos. The research discovered that harsh parenting is linked to the development of antisocial behavior and that really parents' reaction to it was really important too. So if, if this behavior wasn't somehow corrected or addressed, I guess I should say, um, that it really could have some long-term effects. Um, and I think deep down as parents, we kind of can put two and two together, right? If you never correct your child for doing something wrong or whatever, they're not going to know right from wrong. You know, it's our job as parents to kind of guide that a little bit. But I just kind of wanted to kind of throw this out to everyone and be like, when your child was that age, the two to three mark, and they were behaving in that quote unquote terrible uh, or terrific twos, I know some people refer to it as terrific twos, did it ever cross your mind that, oh my gosh, you know, is this going to, you know, lead to bad behavior for the rest of their life? Alicia, did that ever cross your mind? You know, I have to say this article just gets me because what <laughs> two-year-old does not have screaming tantrums? Even three-year-old. I'm with you, Sunny. I My kids were worse at three than they were at two. So yes, the true. fact, as it says in the article, another reason to stress parents out, like we don't have enough going on and enough to stress about. Right. Like, no, I'm just, I'm not on board with that. That's a lot of pressure for parents. Uh, Corrine, what, what experience do you have with screaming toddlers? Probably none, right? Your, your kids were fabulous all throughout life. <laughs> um, completely, completely. I do have experience with this, you know, because I work in HR and seeing this later on. And it's funny that you guys bring up this topic because I think about it when I have employees who have throw a temper tantrum and I'm like, did their parents stop them when they were going through that two to three phase? <laughs> like, did somebody say like, this is not appropriate or did they just let them lash out? And now this is why I have to deal with it. <laughs> so <laughs> I always wonder about that. But uh, yeah, at home, most definitely. Like my daughter, she's three. She's going on 30. She will articulate herself so great that I, I do feel like I need a timeout from time to time. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's something else. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. Joni, any thoughts on this? Well, yeah, I can just say, first of all, as a psychologist, sometimes we have to remind people that when you read something like this, all of a sudden you start worrying if you're in these outlying positions of having antisocial children and career criminals. But really, there are very few of those people when we get down right. to it, where most of us are in the normal range, right? So, you know, within the normal range, of course, kids cry and have tantrums. But I mean, if it gets out to an antisocial area, that's that's something really different. So I, I wouldn't worry about this. I mean, yeah, I've had experience with my own and other kids screaming and having tantrums and being removed from the supermarket, crying because they don't get to have the treat they wanted. And yeah, that's normal. So I would say let's not worry too much. I also think there's so much pressure on parents now to have perfect kids and to be perfect mothers, particularly that we can't worry that our kids are having some kind of outcries during their childhood. <laughs> I, I blame everything on Pinterest, honestly. <laughs> it, may, it may be Facebook a little bit where everyone just posts pictures of their life being perfect and uh, no one really shows the craziness. Um, but definitely, uh, yeah, I, I'm not a Pinterest 
Pinterest parent. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Well, we'll go ahead and we'll post a link to this article on our Facebook page and uh, you guys can check it out. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. As the name implies, helicopter parents are those who, like helicopters, hover overhead trying to manage their child's entire life. Why do some parents feel the need to hover, and what are the effects and consequences of helicopter parenting? Today, we're talking about helicopter parenting with Dr. Joni Cannell. Dr. Cannell is author of the book Flying Without a Helicopter, How to Prepare Young People for Work and Life. Welcome, Joni. Hi, thank you. So let's start the conversation. According to you, what exactly is helicopter parenting? Well, you know, helicopter parenting starts with the best of intentions, usually. I mean, most of us, we all want the best for our kids, and we want to protect them and make sure that they stay safe and healthy. But sometimes when we get to helicopter parenting, it's just doing a lot of that, maybe some that can end up having consequences that we'll talk about later. But the idea of helicopter parenting is hovering over the kids, sort of if you think of it in a figurative way, but protecting them uh, for safety reasons, largely, clearing obstacles out of the way for them, making mm-hmm. decisions for the kids, mm-hmm. and also structuring their lives, usually making it a very, everything is an educational moment kind of thing. So that's, that's what we think about in terms of helicopter parenting. So is that different from supporting your kid? Well, supporting, I think, is sort of being in the background, helping the kids, whereas helicoptering is hovering over constantly being in there to swoop down and take care of things if there's a problem or getting things out of the way if there's not and maneuvering the environment around the kids so that it's exactly the way you want it to be. Got it. And Corrine, what do you think? Does that provide some clarity as to the question of whether you're a helicopter parent? As I'm listening to Joni speak, I'm like, oh my goodness, I do that. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) I do. You know, I think my whole take on it is that you want the best for your children no matter what. You want them to be safe no matter what. So will we do everything possible? Yes. Now, does that peg us as the helicopter parent, like I won't go into their school and stop their education process or their day or the foundation of their day just to keep them safe. You know, I will let, let it go. Um, but at home, most definitely, I mean, I'm speechless. I just don't want them to get hurt. I agree. I tend to stay involved because I want to be able to help them through situations, but I, I don't think that I interrupt anything that's going on. I don't know, but I definitely want to be the one they come to when when they have issues. And I, I don't consider that a helicopter parent, but maybe it is. Maybe letting them work it out themselves is better. I don't know. What do you think, Sunny? Well, 
I mean, you know, and I, I am thinking about this and I'm like, well, you know, if I, if I sense danger, then I'm on it. Right. So, I mean, that in, in those circumstances, or like I said earlier, if I think my kid, you know, could be mean to somebody else or something like that, and then I do start to fly, you know, I'm like, okay, I gotta like be in this situation and, and, and really manage it. If, if we are in a situation where I do not see danger, um, and especially if it's like an enclosed environment where my kids can't get to a street or again, again, it just go, it just applies to danger. If they can't get out, if I know that they are contained and safe, I really, I really just go with the flow. It's a good attitude to have. So Joni, why do you think some parents feel the need to hover like this? Right. When you talk about the extreme cases, we, we have so many fears that are built in and Helicopter parenting has been around for a long time. I mean, it was first actually mentioned in a book in 1969. But yeah, it's so it's it's not something that's necessarily new. It's just become much more prevalent in our society. So what changes have happened in our society of late that have caused this to happen? And you think about the media, for example, since 9-11, we've all been a lot more scared, right, of bad things happening, terrorists, you know, and the media come out and they give a report of an abduction and suddenly we're all terrified that our kids are going to be taken by a stranger and we build up fences and keep them out of the playgrounds, things like that. So there's a lot of fear out there that's being caused by, you know, people who want to spread the news, make money off of it, things like that. Uh, The other reason is the competition has gotten a lot stronger. And we, the biggest complaint I hear about it when I talk about being a little hands-off is like, well, wait a minute, if I'm more hands-off, then my kids might get left behind, right? I want them to have great opportunities in their lives. I want them to get in a good college and get a good job. And if I don't structure the lives and make sure that they're in all of these after-school activities and doing all these things and making sure that their homework is turned in on time, then my kids are going to get left behind. We're in a global world right now, and we have just more people in the world. And so there's, there's a lot of the competition that's driving it. And another factor, I think that something that comes more from ourselves, and this is something we can really think about individually, is how much of a need for control do we have, right? I mean, some people have more than others. I mean, even on this call, some people have more of a need to control the situation than other people do. And sometimes that just comes from ourselves is what's driving it. And we can look at ourselves and ask ourselves, is it really just about me wanting to control something or having this need than it is about the danger involved for the kid? Yeah, and I think it can be situational too. I know yeah. in my case, I don't necessarily have that sense of control. However, I have so little time with my kids. I have that uh, guilty aspect of it of wanting to be as involved as possible in the couple of hours I have with them a day. You know, I spend so much time at work while they're at school, and then I get home and um, I try to make up for all of that time just in a short period of time. Yeah, I cannot agree with you more about that. The guilt factor. You know, being a working mom and then you hear about little bits and pieces of your children's day and you're like, okay, well, I wasn't a part of that. And it's like, okay, well, tomorrow I'm going to try better and I'm going to plan and organize and I'm going to attend every PTA meeting and I'm going to join the governing board and I'm going to be there cheering at the front, like at the front line when you guys cross. And then For some, they perceive that as hovering and helicopter parenting, whereas for us, that's the reality of our lives for working moms now, that we have no choice. And it's like, okay, well, 
I want to be a part of it because I miss out on every little aspect. I can't volunteer at the library like all the other parents. Yeah, you know, I would like to add that times have changed a lot too. And we are spending a lot more time with our children than ever before. Sometimes we think that we're not because we're working, but the statistics show that people are spending a lot more time with their kids. And I would also question something that has shifted in our society over time too. And not to say it's good or bad, or just, but just to question it and raise that for you to think about. And that is, Kids used to be raised kind of in the back seat, like, you know, seen and not heard. And a lot of times we look at that now and say, oh, that's terrible, you know. Um, but now they're front and center. And kids used to have to grow and adapt and be a part of the family and do work to help out in the family. And now it's more like the family's circling around them and they're getting all of the attention. And we worry that we're not giving them front center attention. And so when we look at the consequences of that, you know, it's when they grow up thinking they're front and center all the time. You know, we, we see some more entitlement going on, things like that. So, you know, there are pluses and minuses to that. And not getting all the attention all the time teaches them humility and independence and how to live life on their own and not necessarily having people cheering them all the time, but doing it for themselves. So I'd like to, you know, raise that as just things to think about and also to relieve the guilt, too, because, you know, if, if your kids are doing it for you and your cheers all the time, that's not going to lead them into a life where they're going to have a lot of satisfaction later. So do you feel that there's any positives to helicopter parenting? Yes, absolutely. I mean, as you have already mentioned, that kids are more protected now, right? They are not having, we're not having as many childhood deaths as we used to, you know, and people are uh, healthier and, and more protected in the environments. And they're also achieving enormous things. I mean, we see what kids are doing these days in terms of sports, music, academics. They have these amazing achievements. So, you know, if that's what you want for your kids, that's a real positive, right? It's just that there are other, you know, the other side of the coin to that too. So absolutely, there are positives in it. And it's really a matter of priority, what you want for your kids. What do you think, Corrine? Have you seen positives come of your helicopter parenting? (laughs) I do. You know what? I do see positives and I really value the fact that Joni brought up that we're spending more time with our children because, you know, that whole guilt factor. Yeah, I feel as though that I don't spend enough time with them or enough. I'll say enough quality time, you know, put away the all the gadgets, put away the Nintendos, put away everything. And then it's just one on one. Let's pull out an old fashioned board game. That type of quality time, (laughs) I would much rather with my kids. But yeah, I feel it is positive. Because if anything happens to them, I only have two of them, and I'm not going to replace them. You know, so I feel that it is a positive thing. I want to know what's going on. And I want to be able to guide and support them as much as I could. Sunny, I know that you don't feel that you're a helicopter parent, but what do you think about these ideas of there being positives in that? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, you know, I thought it was so interesting when you guys were talking earlier about wh- why you think you hover a little bit more. And it made a lot of sense in my life, too, because I work from home and I'm with my kids constantly, except the ones that have already, you know, kind of entered the school system. So it was really kind of eye opening when you guys were talking about that, because I'm like, well, maybe that's why I don't hover as much is because I am so involved in every element. I think it's kind of like that whole I just need a break. 
kind of thing. <laughs> so if you're okay and you're not hurting anybody else. But yeah, I definitely think that there are benefits to helicopter parenting and, and, and just for our kids to know that we're there, that they can lean on us. And obviously it'll get to a point where maybe you're doing that a little too much, but I would rather be a helicopter parent than a parent that didn't spend time with their kid. You know, so I, I think it's important that our kids know that we're there for them and, and we're rooting for them and we're there to support them. And, and we just kind of got to figure out the line there. Yeah, I agree. The quality time really stands out to me because it's not just a matter of um, being with them, but it's a matter of um, being there for them. I know when I was a kid or when, you know, when I was growing up that the whole how Joni mentioned the whole backseat parenting, you know, we didn't go to our parents with things and we tried to figure it on our own and didn't do so well, which I know gave us those life lessons, but there's a lot of mistakes that I could have done without. And so I want that time with my kids to make, to create that bond and to make it so that they do come to me when things come up so that I don't necessarily have to hover, but I am involved. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And you know, the consequences might show up Right. You know, sooner or later. In fact, the book that I wrote is more about when they become adults and go into the workplace. And you know, as you had talked about in terms of HR, what we're seeing. And think about this. When the kids are very protected and they don't have a chance to fall down and scrape their knees, uh, experience the pain of having uh, a kid reject them and not invite them to a birthday party or when they're not able to have the failure, you know, at school because you're always checking their homework to make sure it's done or you're going in and talking to the teacher and saying, oh, no, 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 you know, my kid needs special attention in this way and uh, making it the teacher's fault, not the kid's fault for uh, maybe not studying, things like that. But when you're, when you're getting that level of protection, then the kids grow up not being resilient. And so they don't know how to experience disappointment and pain and failure. And they get to work and they're risk averse. They're not willing to try new things. And managers try to give them feedback that perhaps that their project didn't turn out as well as they expected. And literally people burst into tears. They quit. They move back home. You know, we've heard about the boomerang kids. Have we heard about the boomerang kids? You know, the kids who were in their 20s moving back home because they're not being able to stand it in the workplace. Uh, so that's one. That's the resilience, the independence. You know, you mentioned that a little bit. But, you know, the kids not leaving home to begin with because they don't learn how to make the decisions on their own. And that's a big one for independence and, and safety, too. If you're there protecting them and catching them when they fall, rather than teaching them, hey, look, don't run off the end of the play structure because you'll fall and hurt yourself. And ask yourself at this point, is this a safe thing to do? Or when they're teenagers, you know, making these decisions on is it safe to go out in this neighborhood at this time of night uh, without any friends and those kind of things? Or then are they being able to make those decisions on their own? Uh, the last one is communication skills, too. I mean, if we're going in there and solving the problems and not letting them deal with things on their own, you know, from a young age to growing up and dealing with teachers, if they have a miscommunication with the teacher or they don't get the grade they want, how do they go and talk to them or a coach at school? 
then they're not learning those kind of skills either. They get out there as adults and they're not able to talk to adults and they're not able to give feedback or negotiate or deal with things and and ask for help. So we have this other issue too. If parents are doing it for them, then the kids don't learn these skills. So those are the downsides and the consequences that you would have to evaluate when you're deciding whether to go in and step in for the kid or be more in the background to help coach or guide the kid for them to learn how to do it on their own. That's interesting. It's it's hard to try and figure out what's too much, what's not enough, but <laughs> that's what the that's what parenting's all about, I guess. So, uh, when we come back, we'll talk even more about helicopter parenting. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. Today we're talking about helicopter parents. Let's talk a little bit more about protective parenting. How can a parent find balance between safety and being overbearing? This is a time to assess the risks, determine what the child really can do and what the danger really is, right? Because when you're looking at safety, is the child a two-year-old is going to run out into the street if you don't hold their hand. Well, that's something you just don't want to happen and get run over by a car. But is it something that they might skin their knee when they're out in the backyard playing, running too fast? Yeah, that's probably okay. So figuring out what the danger is, what the kid can do on their own, and perhaps they can do more than you realize, and checking that out and empowering them to do more and and teaching them how to be safe rather than doing it for them all the time. So that's helping them make some of those decisions on their own without you having to do it for them. So do you feel that helicopter parents need to, so to speak, give up their pilot license? Well, you know, it depends. I mean, what I always tell parents is that when every decision you make, I mean, it's not even just for parents, it's for everything in life, but there's always a benefits and downsides, right? Or pros and cons to what you do. And so when you are piloting them and helicoptering over them, you might be protecting them in a way that you think is really important, but you might also be disempowering them to learn how to be independent. So it really depends on what you want for your kids. And every situation is different and every child is different, right? Some kids need more of that than others. Some are much more able to be independent and make their own decisions. So it's, it's a matter of checking it out for each situation, each person. Frankly, it's never too late to make a change. If that's what you want to do, if you want to make a change and empower your kids more to be more independent, it's never too late. I deal with this in the workplace. I deal with this when parents have their kids go off to college. And I deal with this when the kids are, you know, even three years old. So it's a matter of figuring out uh, what kind of change you want to make. And they can be hard. You know, if your kid is used to being uh, able to do one thing and all of a sudden they're not able to do it anymore, uh, they might have a tantrum for a while, but they'll get through it. It can be a little bit harder for a period of time to make a change, but it's never too late. How are you feeling, Corrine? I know in the beginning you had the realization that you're a helicopter parent. So after all this conversation, what are your thoughts? You know, I'm thinking about it. I 
I explain, my son is the older, is older. My son is seven. And I explain to him all the time, like what I do for a job and, you know, that mommy gives people jobs and, you know, and some days aren't always good. And, you know, he'll see some days if I have to do a termination that I come home that I'm upset and, you know, cause it is hard on us too. And I explain to him about the proper work ethic and that no matter what happens, you know, you have to give it at your all and you have to keep on trying that you have to be the best in whatever you decide to do. And so he brings up sometimes like if we're doing a game or whatever the case may be, and he's like, oh, well, you know what? It's too hard. I don't want to do it. And I'm going away. I'm like, well, buddy, if when you get older and you go into work, you can't do that. And you need to keep on trying. Let's sit down. Let's come back to the table. So you come to wonder, like, did these parents of the millennials stop doing that and decide, well, you know what? Do what you want. And that's just it. And that's fine and dandy because I have other things to do. And it's just so interesting to see the long-term effects later on and how we can change it. So being that helicopter parent or being that parent who's in their child's business or trying to do the best for them, are we actually doing good later on? Interesting. Thanks so much to all of you for the conversation and to everyone listening for joining us today. For more information or if you want to learn more about our expert, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. This conversation continues for members of our Parent Savers Club. For more information about the Parent Savers Club, visit the members portion of our website. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. So before we wrap up our episode today, we have our second uh, featured segment that we're going to chat about. So we like to get our listeners involved in the show. And this is one segment that you guys can participate in. It's, it's one of my favorites. It's a fairly new segment. And it's called What Up With That? And it's where we share some of the crazy stuff that our toddlers do that we just kind of look at them and we're like, what up with that? I don't know what you're doing. I don't understand it. It's crazy town, whatever. Um, so we're going to, uh, you know, commiserate a little bit <laughs> in this segment. And so this uh, segment, we're doing this in connection with the Smart Mom app. So if you haven't downloaded the Smart Mom app, you may want to check it out. Uh, I have it on my iPhone. I really appreciate it. It's basically an online forum, uh, not just for moms. So if dads want to participate, you can certainly do so too. It is a free app available on iOS as well as Android. And it's basically an online forum where moms and dads can post questions and then other moms and dads answer the questions based on their own personal experience. And not only is it just a forum, but there's some great prizes and stuff that you can win. So they always have giveaways and stuff like that. And it's all based on how much uh, you try to help out other parents so you can get points and stuff. It's almost like a little game. It's kind of fun. And obviously the added benefit is that you're just helping other parents too, right? So what a great application. Uh, So be sure to check that out. So we posted something 
building on the Smart Mom app um, for our What Up With That segment. And so this comes from Nicole W. posted this. And I think it's something probably all of us moms can relate to on some level. And she says, my son thinks he's a dog. He will eat like a dog, bark at the door or people like a dog, and even go up to people and lick them. And I understand the people at the Smart Mom app also told me that we had a bunch of submissions for this. And a lot of people said that their kids actually acted like some form of an animal. So I guess dog was the most common. Um, so, Nicole, you're, you're not alone. Uh, but I also wanted to kind of just, yeah, check the pulse of everybody here on the conversation. Um, if your kids ever acted like animals, can you kind of understand what Nicole is going through? Alicia, what do you think? You know, it's not something that I've experienced with my kids. I haven't had any of them uh, acting like animals. However, one of my favorite stories came from my cousin, who when she when her daughter was two or three years old, she was in the process of buying a house and her and her husband were sitting, uh, signing all the paperwork and everything to do that. And the person that they're sitting with kind of you know jumped slightly. And when, you know, my cousin looked up, you know, try to figure out what's going on, the lady says, um, I think your daughter just licked me. <laughs> My cousin just completely blew it off. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, she thinks she's a cat and because she'd been spending time going around meowing and licking things. And the, the fact that it was completely normal to them and that they didn't respond to her in some crazy way and just kind of said, oh, yeah, she's a cat just always cracked me up. Oh, gosh. My uh, my son just we just acquired a friend gave us a, a bunch of like hand me down stuff and we just acquired this uh, stuffed animal but it is it's it's a long snake like really long snake like this thing could be a boa constrictor in real life um, so I probably got it at a zoo or something like that anyway my son now will go around acting like he's a snake I mean he loves this animal this, this stuffed and he sleeps with it like he wears it around his neck like a pet snake like you would I guess if you had a pet snake who has a pet snake um but anyway so and he kind of makes this sound you know so i've been taking advantage of it and i'm like what other words start with s you know i'm like trying to like turn into some sort of weird learning opportunity i don't know but yeah the dog thing we haven't gone through the dog thing we're going through the snake thing but uh kareen any experience with this at all oh my goodness yes <laughs> yes <laughs> long s um what oh my goodness I'm just trying to think because both of them have done it at one point or another my daughter she thinks that she's a cat so she will go around meow but then my son plays into it I'm like don't play into this like stop it oh my goodness oh it's the day that she does that with the dog that is it <laughs> luckily she will only do it at home and she'll do it say if we go to a relative's house but not at a restaurant. But I have seen people do it at a restaurant. I'm like, oh, those poor parents. But yeah, it happens. It, it's a phase. Right. That That is a positive thing, right? Is that it doesn't last forever. And hopefully they'll find another animal and they'll be on to the next animal soon. And <laughs> I'm sure there's some learning benefit to this, right? I mean, they're using their imagination, right? There's some positive stuff. But when they start licking the guests, I guess you may want to be just a little bit more cautious, you know, <laughs> Everything. Yeah, I may want to have a little talk with them. But uh, yeah, so thanks so much again for Nicole for sending this in. Uh, be sure to check out the Smart Mom app. It's a lot of fun. And uh, and if you if you would like to participate in this What Up With That segment, or we have a bunch that we do. We share funny parenting stories in a bunch of different ways. So check out our website at newmommymedia.com. And you can either uh, send us um, your thoughts, your, your stories via email through the website or also through our voicemail. And again, that's done through the website. 
Well, that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Parent Savers. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed, Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples, and Newbies for those going through it for the first time. This is Parent Savers empowering new parents. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health, or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.